hello and welcome to In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B. This show engages with hundreds of bands around the world, bringing to you weekly news, reviews, competitions and auctions and much, much more. Check out our website, inexcessaccessallareas.com and join the active and engaging community of amazing fans who also love In Excess. Well, hello and welcome to NXS Access All Areas, episode 84, a special, special episode where we are going to obviously acknowledge our band, get them in the Hall of Fame, have a bit of fun, but we thought we would absolutely update our Spotify playlist finally after 83, 84 episodes B. Also a few other little sneaky bits in there too. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm glad we're getting on with this. We've had a lot of people ask how they can get we on have. with it. Mm-hmm. We have. We will get to that in a moment. I'm going to uh, not even ask how your NXS week has been. I have seen how your NXS <laughs> week has been. And uh, let's just say, did it look quite interesting? You were in a crowd. You looked like you were soaring and singing and dancing to various ballads and rock songs. You were at the Narrabeen concert with the Don't Change guys with a bunch of patrons. Is that right? Please tell. Okay, I was at the Raza, they call it, <laughs> according to Blair. Did a six-hour drive down to Sydney with the kids to go and see our family friends, which yep. was nice, and picked them up and, yeah, took them to the Narrabeen, um, North Narrabeen RSL. It's a great venue, really yep. good. There's no barriers, the roof's down, it's nice and dirty, you know, and everyone yep. just really parted. The boys came on with bottles of champagne and gave them out into the crowd so it got us all going straight away and at the very end Blair was diving into the crowd and we were having to catch him bless him (laughs) I I heard I saw Karen Peters was very close there and catching him several times is that right yes 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 he's very good (laughs) at uh, catching she's a professional (laughs) he would like to catch Blair a lot Mm, mm, mm. hello Karen okay now I'm gonna have a joke at your expense a little bit later but it's all in good faith so you up for that yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saving it to the end of the episode. You don't know what this is all about, but I, oh, it, right. it will have a theme and a reference, and I'm sure you will laugh because you're a good sport. <laughs> it okay. was a bit sad that I didn't get to see Paul and Glenn. I was very tired by the end of that uh, that night. It was a bit of a full-on uh, weekend, but sorry, guys. I, even though you're in Sydney, you're just a bit too far out for me to get to. We'll, do, we'll, we'll they, meet up. They weren't at the gig, no? No. No, no okay. No, yeah. no, no. Okay. No. But I did meet lots of lovely new people. I'd like to give a big shout out to Jodie, um, Jodie Chapman. She came, found me in the crowd and introduced me to her friends. And in um, engagement later, I'll tell you everybody else's names. Fantastic. Now, we're not probably going to do all the usual trimmings of a normal episode, but there will be a few little tidbits. But first of all, uh, you said about a Raza. Is that right? The Raza? Is that what the venue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a pantyhose in, in the 70s and 80s in Australia called <laughs> Razamataz'd oh. and a great ad. Did you, did that translate to England or not really? I don't think so, no. Great song, great ad, Razamataz. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those of my era will know what I'm talking about. Baby, I'm so tight. We would like to say welcome to all the patrons. You know who you are. We won't uh, bore you by reading you out today. But we would like to do a little shameless pre-Christmas plug. Um, There's a couple of things coming up. We would like to give away, offload, sell uh, a little bit of extra merch to put in your stockings going into Christmas. So we do have fan kits that have been going out in plentiful amounts. I think this morning, B, you mentioned to me we had an ultra fan kit. Do you want to share what that was purchased and what was in that? Yeah, a guy called John bought the great big um, complete set of everything. Yep. So that's coming to you as we speak. Mary's yep. picking that up. Yep. Um, we have got um, a code that's gone out to everybody who has subscribed to the website. So if you yep. get onto the website and subscribe, we will send you a code and that will give you 15% off store wide for one week. It's already gone out two days ago. So you've yep. got five more days to um, make so your purchases. You- 
So if you've got some stocking fillers that need filling uh, and you would like a cap, you'd like a T-shirt, you want fan kits, Clemo's book, we have got a few of each of those remaining and uh, we would love to look after you come Christmas time. Uh, these are not real money spinners for us. They're really sort of done now, I guess, at cost price with that 15% discount. Yeah. So do yourself a favour and, you know, as I said, get something there that suits. Do we have any stickers left, B? I know they were popular. Yeah, I've got the magnets and I've got the, the bumper stickers for the cars. They've been very popular, actually, but I have yeah. got quite a few left. So, yeah, yeah coming in. So, if them. guys want to see what's in the fan kit or get a visual on these items, where do we direct them to? Go to the website, go into the shop, and then you'll see vintage collection. Have a look yeah. into the vintage collection. Yeah. Um, there is a sh- few shortcuts on the um, homepage, but yeah. Um, yeah, go to the shop and it's all there. Okay. All right. Well, enough of the shameless plugs. Also, too, uh, a little bit of news for Timmy and Kirk. I know back in November, I think the 14th, there was a sort of deep dive on Triple M uh, regarding the Wembley concert. And we know a few people heard that live at the time, but I do know that uh, Triple M have actually just in the last sort of 48 hours uh, put a sort of a cutout that, uh, sorry, well, an episode out of that where you can download it. So I think they highlight sort of the, uh, the deep discussions with the band, obviously about Wembley and about John coming out on stage. So on Triple M or on the website, you can sort of go Wembley, uh, 30 years living, uh, live baby live with Kirk and Tim. So there are some sound bites and some good little edits there for people to actually have uh, a chance to check out. Ooh, exciting. I'd like to go and listen to that again. Yeah, it's been advertised a little bit on the radio too uh, Mm. as well here in Australia. Unfortunately, there's no chart news. The charts have been frightfully late. We only have the Mm. December 6th charts and now December sort of 15th at the time of recording and they have been awfully slow. Maybe it's because they're hopefully counting and adding up all of these streams and downloads of very the very best of B. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> we hope so. But yeah, so uh, oh yes, one other thing, B. We have mm-hmm. had an inundation, and we keep asking you to do this. Our last episode for the year that will go out uh, before Christmas is our live concert virtual experience. Oh, yeah. we have just suddenly had a massive influx of all people around the globe, our patrons, our listeners, sending in their dream concert. Uh, Mm. I love the Paul Jolly one, B that came in. Yeah, that was good. Was that Sydney Opera House, was it, I think? Um, No, he wasn't. No, that the heat no i'm not gonna say oh. i don't want to spoil it oh, okay that, All right. that one was from um Glenn? mr lambie oh lambie okay yeah yeah right mm. but i saw paul's song i'm not list. Sure, I'm giving it no 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 Get i saw paul's so- i saw paul's song list and the, what he uh, wanted and it's yeah. a big shabu shabu reference there but uh yeah. we liked it paul but it's coming it's coming at me from every direction at the moment yeah. i'm getting t- or like lots of Twitters, Twitters, tweets. Twits. <laughs> yeah, nah, they're not tweets, they're our tweets. But um, but also too, you will probably a lot of listeners out there who are subscribed or on our platforms will get a personal reminder from me coming out to you uh, to get your, get your concert stuff in. Even yeah. if it's not a whole concert, but you say, listen, I'd love to go to a concert and the first song I would love to hear is this. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a song I've never heard them play live. I want that in a set list. It doesn't have to be a complete sort of concert design it might just be parts of it it might be the last song you want to hear it might be you know as i said uh, a t-shirt design you'd like to get it might be a venue we'd love to see them play live like for me the venue would be a big thing you know if i had a bit of a dream would be to see in excess play at the mcg with a fully sort of packed stadium mm-hmm. you know i've seen them play there for the, the grand finals but that's not sort of a, a in excess centric gig it's more of a sort of as i said a ceremonial one but to see you know the band in their prime play there would have been awesome you know so you know there's various ways you can just share your sort of dream concert experience whether it's a song a t-shirt a venue uh, uh, an outtake uh, an after party b uh, <laughs> we uh, we're very much looking forward to your feedback because uh, you and I we're going to be compiling this episode in the next you know 48 hours 72 hours you know So, did you get to see Delta play with Josh Teske? I did see it. I haven't downloaded it, but uh, okay. yes, uh, the Teske brothers uh, and Delta Goodrum, who some of you internationally do know, have combined to do Never Tear Us Apart. Live. 
live. Yeah, so uh, that may come up in one of our future episodes when we do a tribute outro, but uh, always great to see uh, people acknowledging uh, in excess. So Yeah, uh, it was really yeah. good. Both of them were taking the lead vocal. Um, Delta was on the piano and he was yep. on his guitar and they were in, I think it might have even been the Opera House and on stage. It was, oh, it yep. was yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and it was beautifully um, um filmed and we've put it onto our Facebook page so if you want to go and see and we had a few weeks ago I think one of the Teskey brothers on an episode I think doing his version uh, himself with the band Um, so I know a lot of people really loved his voice he's got a very sort of uh, sort of Sam Cooke sort Mm. of meets uh, you know I guess uh, Wilson Pickett type great voice but with a modern twist so yes I look forward to having that one and we'll put that on a future episode as well All right, B what is it time for now Oh, wow. It's time for the topic of the week. <laughs> hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. All right, B. Well, we thought it was long overdue time to compile off all of our album reviews and some in between our Spotify playlist because when we first came up with this idea of a podcast, one of the sort of, uh, I guess, uh, striking points, for my opinion, of why NXS was great was because they were a band that when they did an album, it was generally, you know, not all killer. Sorry. I should rephrase that. It was not sort of, you know, half filler, half killer. You know, it was a situation with the band. I always think that every song that made it onto an album was probably rigorously uh, tested, you know, signed off on the band or by Andrew and Michael. Um, They always had enough content and enough material to choose you know, judiciously, you know, as to what would make an album. That being the case then, was, it wasn't like the four hit singles and everything else was, you know, filler and droll. They've generally, you know, per album had a lot of depth in the songs that never made it to a singles release. So much so that a lot of our listeners, be over the journey of doing this podcast, have shared with us some of the songs they love. And they haven't been hits for the band. They've just been album tracks. Make sense? Yeah. So when we started doing the album reviews all the way back in sort of May last year, starting off with the debut album, we allocated a little bit of time to the end of every episode where we would sort of, uh, I guess, have to agree between you and I what would make it onto this little Spotify playlist. So if you were a relatively, I won't say new Inexist fan, but if you were just a fan of the Greatest Hits album and Kick and maybe the singles, because a lot of people out there, like I'll, I'll be honest, a band like Duran Duran, I just know the singles. I just know yeah. the hits. Mm-hmm. I don't really know the deep dive tracks, right? But what we wanted to do for our audience, for those who, you know, maybe were, you know, um, half in excess fans, was just arm them with a whole bunch of songs that they could get a lot of joy from. And as I've said repeatedly, you know, Prince is an artist I've gone back and I've deep dived on and he's got so many more great material of songs than just Purple Ray. And the album. So we, uh, I guess at the end of every episode, we uh, decided which songs would make it onto this Spotify playlist as deep dive tracks. And they had to actually get both of our approval, if you, if you remember. All right, so we sort of came up with a bunch of songs from the debut album all the way through to our latest review of Welcome to Wherever You Are, and we're just going to reveal them all in sequence today uh, with probably a little bit of them playing in the background. Uh, And we just hope that you go back uh, like we have probably over our listening journey and uh, enjoy them because, as I said, In Excess are more than the hits. They're not filler. They're all killer. And uh, this particular list reflects that today. So going all the way back, B, to the debut album, mm-hmm. uh, I will share with you the first one we agreed on. It was the first song off the first album, and it was called On a Bus. Oh, uh, did we? We oh, did. I didn't realise that. And, okay. it was that. and it was that little ditty upbeat song and Michael's and- vocals were, you know, coming through uh, Innocence. To me, it was a bit like yeah. Our Lips Are Sealed, The Go-Go going through mm. Sydney or whatever there and mm-hmm. we had a bit of fun with that. Yeah, a real upbeat way to start the album and uh, it wasn't a single, but uh, I reckon this one would have gone off live and we would have yeah. been there for would've that. Yeah, great live track, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, the second I one, forgot that in then. Yep. That's right. The second one we agreed on was uh, learn to smile. Of course. Uh, so probably a, a, if there's a sort of a sort of a song and a word that sums you up, smile has to be in it. Uh, you don't need to learn to smile. It's your natural DNA. Yeah. But um, this was, I think, one I of the I wish longest... I didn't smile and smile so much. I wouldn't have so many bloody lines. <laughs> well... Anyway, anyway, yes, it's one of my favourite songs now of In Excesses. I'm a, from, from their sort of, you know, yeah. early stuff. It's, well, um, it's very very keyboardy up, and stuff like beat. that. But, yeah. But, but it has a good message and uh, was one that I think we unilaterally uh, agreed on. I remember us saying we liked how it started off slow and then got into and you played it to your kids quite a lot don't you that's right and I think uh, I think uh, uh, Laurie will like the word unilaterally uh, making it onto the podcast as well Uh, we got jingoistic the other week she liked that word she liked that now, when I was thinking, actually, going back to it, I was thinking we had In Vain on there as well, but we didn't. Did uh, No, but it was one that was close to getting there. But, you know, for the sake of posterity, we'll keep it to what we picked. Yeah. Going to the second album, I think when we went through the second album, you liked the maturity and the growth of the album, etc. There, I felt song for song, the first album had probably stronger depth of songs, but uh, we did agree that the song Barbarian that was on that album had a big sort of uh, heavy guitar. Plus they replayed it on the Full Moon Full Moon Dirty Hearts tour mm-hmm. that it had relevance. So we had that on there. So the song Barbarian, uh, good name, uh, etc. there. Probably around that Conan the Barbarian era, <laughs> yeah. actually, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arnie says hello. Um, <laughs> uh, we agreed on Horizons, uh, oh. which was one that you pushed hard, and I actually agreed because I think yeah. I think it was one that when we were doing our research on the album, we'd sort of re-listened to it, thought this actually still stands up really well. So mm-hmm. we had two songs on uh, the second album, Make It. Now, again, reminding listeners, these are non-singles, so none of these were singles released anywhere in the world, and that was the criteria. Mm-hmm. They couldn't be a single released anywhere. It had to be album tracks and things. Yeah, we then got into Shabusha Bar where things started to ramp up a little bit and the controversy began. You know, I think uh, I was lambasted for my opinion on Soul Mistake uh, <laughs> and uh, Carmen gave me some very positive feedback on that. Yes. Uh, I think we had also uh, some genuine feedback by Paul Jolly and a lot of people about Soul Mistake. But uh, yeah, so and, 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 and what episode would that have been, Hayden? Oh, what number? 13, maybe. I yeah, think, I roughly. was getting a bit more feisty then, wasn't I? I was stuck, <laughs> I stuck being nice B and I. Well, I, I corrupted you to having opinion by then because you loved everything up until then. I said, well, no, it's okay not to like everything, you know. It'd be very boring if everything the band did was perfect because otherwise we'd be like, just listen to everything. It's great and uh, thanks for being with us, you know. <laughs> now look at me. Look what Correct. you created. I know. We cre- created a Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. So for the third album, Shabushaba, we agreed on a cool little John song, which was Old World, New World. And I oh, do remember yeah. this song connected with Foxy, one of our very mm. early patrons, and it did sort of speak to her uh, Indian heritage. Uh, and I say red Indian heritage, I guess, from that region. Um, and the lyrics and the uh, song and just the, uh, you know, the contribution of John in the songwriting process was something that we really, really liked. Yes. The next song we agreed on is a really cool one because this has come up a few times with Mark Opitz and the song was Jan's song. Oh, we did. Mark was very big on the fact that this was where he felt that Michael became a singer or learnt the art or took the risk or really opened up as a singer. And he's really correct because there's such a, a beautiful, delicate, sincere vocal on this. And you, you can see a guy who, you know, his confidence is coming through to back himself, I think, with the vocal delivery. And uh, Mark was really on the money with that summation. And, um, you know, we're glad that we, we nominated before we knew Mark's opinion on it. It's nice, actually, to know more now than when we did when we were listening and then having that. It is, you know, yeah. Verified in a way that we got the right song. Well, yeah, we... That's right. And look, obviously we're doing sort of a sort of retrospective on things mm. today, but it is interesting to see the journey of others who've uh, enjoyed some of these songs uh, since this episode. Jan's song's a big one with most fans, isn't it? That, that I think m- so. Most of the big fans anyway. 
Yeah, and I think what it also does for Shibu Shibar, it's towards the end of the album, you've got, I think that song, you've got Old World, New World, and you've got Don't Change, which really is a really strong closeout to the album, you know. And I think Mark even agreed. He said, look, you know, when I did the review, or we did the review on this, and I said, you know, maybe there was the strong three songs at the start, you know, with especially the, uh, you know, the one thing and to look at you coming out of the blocks. Um, and then obviously the finish. And, you know, I sort of felt there might have been one or two in the middle. Sole mistake. <laughs> you know, put there. And Mark agreed. He felt that the material was strong at the start, maybe, uh, and strong at the end. And maybe there was just a couple in the middle there. But look, at the end of the day, the great thing about music is that everyone's got an opinion, everyone has a taste, and, and everyone's right because it's what your tastes are. Exactly. Uh, the other one was one of the first Timmy contributions with, I think, I think with Michael on this particular song. A cool little video there that sort of uh, has a bit of a homage to sort of England in the 60s and sort of the, the top hat and things like that. So we've got, I think, an early indication of Andrew wearing a hat, I think, in this film clip, I think. Yay. Yeah. So we could maybe see where the journey for hats for Andrew started. But uh, Spy of Love was a song that uh, made it onto this and... It's got some sort of dolphinish sort of type, you know, interesting sort of keyboards where it goes, new, 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 doesn't it, you know? <laughs> and I'm sure you're going to overdub that real bit into embarrass me in comparison, yeah? So it's got those little dolphiny keyboard flourishes, but it's just sort of an interesting song. It's, it's a great it's, video. I love yeah. that video. It's very interesting, isn't it? You never get bored of that one. It's, mm. it's sort of got it's a joy. It's a great song. It's got a sort of a joyous sort of sound to it. So that's sort of something that we're, we're, we're particularly, you know, keen to have on. I guess when we went to Shabu Shabar, we got three songs on the particular uh, Spotify playlist uh, uh, for Deep Dive. We didn't get Golden Playpen in. No, I went back and had a listen. <gasps> I don't think we got Golden Playpen, okay? Uh, Ooh, so... what, did, what was we thinking? What, so oh, what did you But I've got a memory we may have. I might have to go back and check. <laughs> I'm sure we put golden playpen in because I, you know, what's coming back to me is that we were saying to each other, we've been we added, playing I think it we, in did our we heads. Add it in, I reckon we added it in a week later. I think we did. I've got a memory where it was like maybe throughout the week, et cetera, that we added in a week later. Yeah, because yeah. both of us went away for the weekend. We had, a, we had an earworm. Not together. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, sa- <laughs> and said, yeah, we did get an earworm about. Uh, I think you're right. Here we are, guys, folks. We've just remembered. Okay, golden playpen. We've whacked it in there, Whack and we. I think, and I think we laughed at the lyrics. I think it was a Kirk and an, uh, a Michael song, wasn't it? And, mm. You know, I'm drunk, can't find my then. All right, golden playpen's in. We got four. So we're sitting after three albums, we're up to eight songs. Uh, we're about to come into the swing. And I think this was an album that both of us agreed there was a real sort of leap uh, in terms of style and, and uh, keyboards and funk and all the stuff with Nile Rodgers. But this album, I think, was suddenly probably the, the album that had depth-wise almost like sort of, I think, out of, I think it was 10 songs on this album, uh, you know, virtually all killers and... Maybe only one song faced the change. I thought. Let me felt. let me have a guess. What we put in, please. Okay. Please, 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 please. Yes. Love is what I say. That was the first out of the blocks we put in. Correct. Because Correct. That's, that's very good. And <laughs> it's interesting. The other day, I was catching up with a couple of friends, and one of my friends said, "Oh, can you put on blah blah blah? I love what I say." I said, "Oh, you like that?" And he goes, "Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that was a great single." I said, "Well, it actually wasn't a single. It was actually a video." Mm-hmm. I think it was on the uh, video Swing and Other Stories. So it was a video and it's often showing some of Michael and the band playing live and everything there. It, it was sort of a radio track. It got a lot of sort of uh, radio play in Australia, a bit like uh, Mr. Fire and Kick and, and Guns in the Sky that weren't official singles in Australia. Yeah. But, yeah, it is sort of well-known in the canon. So, yes, correct. What was the second one you think of the swing? Mm, Johnson's Aeroplane. Correct. Yes. I, I would say... I remember meeting the Inexcessive guys at a gig many, many years ago, and they sort of loved that song as their favourite. And I think it's probably in the top two or three deep dive songs of true Inexcess fans, Johnson's Aeroplane. Mm-hmm. We love that little Japanese garden lyric and sort of the very big keyboard, orchestral bits and, and the lyric and things. So mm-hmm. absolutely, we were unequivocal on that beat. One half 
the album called? The Swing? Yeah. It was The Swing. The oh. song The Swing, yeah. So we uh, it was a song that uh, we had in there as one of our four songs off this particular album that was going in. There was a song. I think you must have chose that one. No, no, we choose together. There was, there was, cause big, I'll tell you why, because there was a song afterwards I was trying to get in, but you were like, I hate this song. Oh, I don't like this song. This song's, well, not hate, hate's a big word. It was boring for you. All Do you remember the, what it was all called? The vo- all the voices. Correct. Okay. I like a bit. I couldn't get it in because you couldn't get it in. Yeah, I'm trying to like that one <laughs> still. Yes. <laughs> yes. But there was one more song on the album we wanted to get in and it did have a little bit of Timmy Timmy involvement on it and it had a little bit of John involvement on it. Face the change. No. Oh. Hmm. What happens in summertime? You're melting in the sun. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Like it, think think of a great <laughs> intro. <laughs> think of the great intro into the song as B puts it over the top as we speak. One of the great percussion. It's a real John Farris uh, drum uh, backbone dirty. song. It's a dirty yeah. song. Great <laughs> vocal. Got a similar vocal to uh, Johnson's era, playing with the whole band singing. But mm-hmm. uh, that was a must-have on there, and uh, I think my second or third song on the album. So uh, yeah, we've gone to uh, the swing with four songs off the album, making it on there. All right, next album, B. Okay, this is quite fun. I'm going to see if you can remember. What do you think we had off the Listen Like Thieves album? Oh, God. I'll start it off while you consider the next one. We had Good and Bad Times, which was a uh, Kirk and uh, Michael song. Massive, heavy song, etc. there. Big, big guitars and big saxophone there. Great album track, but uh, should have been a single, in my opinion. Could have been the fifth single off the album. But that was one of the absolute joys out I of the album. I have a feeling you uh, voted me on one by one. No. Did we get it in? I've got a feeling we got one by one in, so you're correct. <gasps> we Yay! got that in. My stripper I- song. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, hello, men. So that uh, and that, that song obviously went on to come, uh, look, a big album track, a big brass orchestral song with a bit of a stripper backbeat tone. But it also was on the Live Baby Live album uh, as one of the live tracks that the band enjoyed. So you can hear it there if you like. There's two more songs off the album, B. Do you remember the other two? Shine Like It Does. Correct. We had Shine Like It Does. I'm doing which... really well. <laughs> yeah, and this was probably the first genuine, genuine, genuine from start to finish ballad. I think it took them five albums to go into ballad mode. Such a great song. You know, it's almost got a country feel to it. Such a great lyric. You know, it's a tender song, but it's not schmaltzy. And a lot of people, you know, it still gets played on the radio and it's deemed to be one of those sort of songs that people think was a single, but it wasn't. Uh, so kudos to that one. Now there's one more there, B. Do you remember the last one? Okay. Is it Red, of, Red Sun? Correct. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. Sticking to the theme of sun, we had Melting in the Sun, we had Red Red Sun, which yeah. is the way to finish the album. And this was... I know uh, you wanted to get Three Sisters in, really, didn't you? No, not really. <laughs> not really. No. I'm joking. No. I'm joking. But, but this was a, uh, a John uh, co-write, uh, Red Red Sun. Uh, and again, you know, massive big intro, heavy guitars, drums and... You know, a great vocal and a great sort of sort of uh, chorus section there as well. So really, really strong bunch of quartet, those four songs there. And again, if you only really know off Listen Like Thieves, you know, the title track and What You Need and This Time and Kiss the Dirt, they're the mainstays of all you really know off the album. Do yourself a favour and deep dive on these other four because they're just as good. OK, 
Okay. Now, B, we're coming into that particular... Uh, the juggernaut. Cup. The juggernaut. Okay, that juggernaut, which is actually kick. You know this down here. I haven't even written them down, but I do remember them off by heart. Oh, come uh, on. So, off the kick album, B, what were the three or four... I think we had four songs as well. What were the four kick kick songs that we, we put on that four? weren't singles? Did we? Were. Okay, all right. I, I remember it, it was straight... Have, oh, three. Mm. Mm. Mediate was the first one. I know that. I was it? I thought that's what you chose. No, because I think that was. Uh... Oh, because it was this part of the single. We might have had a debate so. about that then. I'm, uh, I'm sure you were you were gunning for it. Technically, standalone song in the sense that it is a song off the album, etc. You could argue it was a joiner song to Need You Tonight. However, as a standalone song, definitely makes it in, uh, and it definitely has uh, uh, grown over the journey because uh, fans see it live almost every time, and it's had, yeah. had its own journey. So it's Lisa Urban's favourite as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I really love oh. the tricky version. Oh, I do too. You know, I think that really amps it up and makes it yeah. a fantastic version. Great version. Off the album that had deep dive tracks here, uh, we had the song Kick that everyone knows, but it was never a single around the world. It might have been a B-side on one of the singles, but uh, everyone knows it because it was the title track. But technically speaking, it's not a single, so it makes it easily, doesn't it? Great. Great song. Yeah. Next one we had uh, on the album there, we had Calling All Nations that we loved. Basically the touring name of the tour around the world, Calling All Nations and things. Mm. I like the song. It's interesting, some of the reviewers who, when I listen to kick reviews, they sort of slam this song a bit and then love Wildlife. Uh, Actually, not Wildlife, they love uh, Tiny Daggers, whereas for me, I'm more of a uh, Calling All Nations guy. I like the hook in it. Yeah, Uh, me too. Yeah, the lyrics sort of a bit passe, but the actual hook in it to me is great. So, mm-hmm. yes, we have Calling All Nations in as the next So one. we've only got one more to choose between Wildlife and um, Tiny Daggers. <gasps> what did we choose? I don't think we choose either. Didn't we? Come on, let's choose one. Oh, we have one more. I just remembered. How can we oh. forget? What we Guns in the Sky. Oh, How we can we forget? <laughs> How can we forget that? <laughs> You know why this is an in, this is a good mistake to make because everything sounds like a single. Everything was designed to be mm. a single. Everything sort of mm. you know was building up in memory as a single. So yeah, Guns in the Sky, the only track was never a single, yeah. but uh, has to be on there because of its uh, popularity in Wembley and just the, and the coolness. I remember not liking it when it came out. It's <laughs> just like, but it's a great song. So I'm yeah. Well, Ma- Michael was really. P- lobbying to get this as the single and the record company didn't want it uh, as a single but um, maybe because uh, Mike had songwriting publishing on it but uh, uh, but yeah definitely has yeah, to make he's the he's proud thing. of it what are you talking about absolutely definitely has to make the album they wanna guns in the sky Okay, we're moving along swiftly to X album, okay? We're going to shoot through these a little bit quicker. Okay, B, we agreed on Hear That Sound. I know, interestingly, Mark Opitz loved Hear That Sound. I think he was sort of, as I said, a Suicide Blonde fan of the album on the X, and he was really a big fan of Hear That Sound Live, I think, especially from his Wembley days. Yeah. That was a song definitely we had on our deep dive uh, Spotify list. I think we both agreed heavily and easily on Lately. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I think that guitar break in the middle particularly as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
We uh, also cheated slightly a little bit on this because we'd come up with a song that was recorded on the extended album version and was a B-side, and we've gone through this lots of times, but we have put on Deepest Red. So we made an executive decision, I remember the time, to get Deepest <laughs> Red from that recording era onto this because it probably was one of the greatest B-sides, let alone greatest songs they've ever done. <laughs> and I did battle heads with Andrew. We did battle heads we with did. Andrew about that. Mm. But we did agree around the time this song uh, had to go on the Spotify playlist for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. I will not let it break me. Illusion. The last one, B, I believe we came up with Know the Difference. Yeah. Uh, which was this funky little ditty midway through the second side that uh, was going to be on there and, uh, again, was played at Wembley and was part of that sort of X Factor tour and things as well. We're coming to the Walter Wevriar album, B, and there's a couple of killers on here that are in recent times that we have added to our Spotify playlist. I'm going to start with the one that uh, you would have your hand up in uh, spades that I really loved, uh, and that was Strange Desire. How could we not have that on there uh, as one of the deep dive tracks? I'll let you say a few words as we speak about that song, B. It's a, it's a great song. Yeah. It's got lots of hooks. Yeah. And even Andrew says that he loves that song, doesn't he? And Mark, yeah. they loved yeah. it. So it's it's a golden nugget. I think a lot of people have been listening to it since we made it more popular to listen yeah. to as well. Yeah. But, um, I mean, obviously the lyrics say it a lot. My strange desire is waiting Now, we had, uh, and again, recent memory, we had a great discussion on the podcast with uh, Andrew and Mark about the song Communication and just the, you know, the level of disinformation, which is a lyric, and uh, Mm -hmm. just the era about, you know, the wars and, you know, CNN TV and the band touring and seeing all the Iraq wars and invasions of Kuwait and Gulf Wars and things like that. So Communication is a song that, you know, still 30 years later sounds great and uh, was a a must-have on our deep dive. It was also a song, as I think I'd said, uh, was played uh, first live on a tour that I went to in early 93 here in Melbourne, which was one of the rare times that Welcome did get played in more detail. Also, too, the next one I believe we did put on there was an interesting one, uh, and it was the opener to Welcome. Questions, yeah. Yeah, which was questions. And, or uh, answers. <laughs> well, look, yeah. I, I, and as we sort of found out a little bit more from from Mark and for that, some who didn't know, that uh, there was an Andrew vocal, which was the one that made the album, and then there's mm. the Michael vocal, which is, I think, on the extended Welcome bonus disc release, which came out a few years later. So yeah, that was an interesting backstory, wasn't it, about that yeah. song? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Going back to that album, I liked Wishing Well and I also liked All Around. Have you been swayed at all with those songs? Because you weren't that happy not with as, Not around, to get them on to, I guess the classification would be not to put them on a deep dive like this. I think, as I said at the time, All Around and Wishing Well are okay songs. They're just slightly dwarfed by the other songs for me in terms of what I like more. You know, I think even Andrew was quite staunch about <laughs> All Around and that was the music at the time. A lot of younger bands liked it and it was yeah. that type of music being played. And, and you know, as I said, it's a, it's, a, it's a good vocal. The instrumentation's good. You know, I'm the big thing on choruses in some ways. I just think... You know, the chorus, you know, it was just all around, all around, all around, all around. It reminded me of the chorus of everything, as in the everything song version off Max Cube. Everything, everything, everything. Yeah. Um, not the everything off Elegantly Wasted. So, so again, we're talking, we're splitting hairs here, but it's just just an opinion. And Well, like you, you said know, earlier, you know, nothing's right, nothing's wrong. It's yeah. an opinion. I'd have all the voices on here, but this, we're a team, we're a double act, and we do things mostly my way. But uh, for, the, <laughs> for the sake of this, we have to agree on these things. <laughs> don't we just Hayden don't we just do it your way well look, for listeners out there there are a lot of things that B makes me do that uh, I have no idea there are you know that get this to me send this to me do that to me so there is a behind the scenes boss and then there's an on-air director okay put it that way <laughs> don't give away the secrets okay mate. fair enough 
Mark, well, Mark's up. Mark opens us up to us. He's like, so when I sort of say that we, he goes, no, 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 you mean B. So, and I have uh, come to him. He goes, yeah, we correct, Mark. You're exactly exactly right. All well, right. They do say behind every good man, there's an amazing woman. <laughs> I was about to say behind every good man, there's a pile of debt, um, <laughs> or a bunch of broken hearts. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Broken hearts behind. Leaving broken hearts behind. See, we, we're finding and a bad ways. Singer. Yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. And I think there was just one more song that did make our way on it for the prophetic level of lyrics, which was "Back Online" by John, oh. uh, that we wanted to put on the album yes. uh, or the deep dive sort of spot, Spotify list because we like the. Uh, uh, Nostradamus-like prediction of the lyric, back online, well, geez, could there be a more pertinent, you know, lyric prediction about being back online or getting online? Well, talk about, what did John know that we didn't know? Yeah, exactly. And I love it because I use it for my beeline. And then again, maybe it could be Michael with the lyric and John with the music, but either way, between the two of them we wrote the song, uh, it was very, very prophetic. Very Prophetic. Oh, yes. See, I said it. Correct. You're I learning lots, B. That's I right. didn't have to edit. Say it again. Oh, okay, let's give it another go. <laughs> prophetic. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Just doing a loose calculations, we have roughly around sort of 26, 27 songs here, roughly. So this is like a double album Spotify deep dive list. But again, you know, if we sort of sum up this particular sort of topic and things today and this little bit of a retrospective, just highlights why we do this podcast because uh, the band outside 51 or 52 something plus sort of unique singles have down here 26, 27 other what we think are great songs mm-hmm. that could have been singles or yeah. artistically wise, a fantastic composition that add into the listening experience. And we just know that if you are out there and you've been, a, as I said, a uh, greatest hits, a kick X, listen like these fan, you're missing out on a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff. But having done this episode today, you're now uh, getting a compilation of songs to go back and do your research on and go and love. How good is that? We've done all the hard work for you. Correct. Correct. But you know what? There's probably another dozen songs on there we haven't even put on this list that other people might like uh, that yeah. could have gone on. So yeah. just adds up the fact that the In Excess were a fantastic albums band. I contend to many out there have said, oh, they were good singles band. I go, no, no, they were a great albums band. They, they were. put time into each track. They mm-hmm. weren't just sort of doing throwaways. Nope. If they did throw away dis- disposable, experimental sort of stuff, it was for the B-sides and some of them are great. Mm. We did have B-sides list, didn't we? We did an episode on that. We did a B-sides. We did, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the B-sides were fun, weren't they? Yeah, they very were. creative and mainly done by the rest of the band, like yeah. Kirk and Tim and John. And was Gar- Did Gary ever do one? I can't remember. He did. He did a song he called did. Middle, yeah. Middle Beast off Disappear. And mm. we were at one of the gigs in 93. We said, we were yelling out, Middle Beast, Middle Beast, Middle Beast. And then Gary turned around and then strummed on his bass a couple of sort of chords from Middle Aww, Beast. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think um, as Andrew and Michael got more of the songwriting duties, Chris encouraged the rest of the bands for their, you know, creative side to be acknowledged on the B-sides and things like that. And, mm-hmm. But, look, as, as the material was so strong, you know, guys like John, you know, with Disappear and The Gift and, you know, songs like Back Online and whatever they've got, you know, album tracks, sorry, yeah. got songs on the albums, a lot of them became singles. Yeah. You know, and, and Gary, you know, if we go forward to the Switch album, he was the, the major co-write song on Perfect Strangers. So, you know, uh, Gary, as he sort of went to LA and started recording more stuff, you know, became probably more of a songwriter later on in his career. So hmm. all that aside. Uh, Can we say hi, Gary? Hello, Gary. Good hello, luck with Ashley Moon. We look yeah. forward to chatting to you soon. I guess time for the rap, isn't it? It is, yeah. Hey, this is David from Derby. Hi, this is Katie from England. G'day, it's Paul from Sydney. Hi, this is Ella from the Netherlands. This is Dr. Jim and that's a wrap. Now, be a very quick wrap-up today. We have, as we said earlier, design our live concert. Uh, if you haven't got anything in, you'll be getting a little messenger from Facebook. Get, get all of your uh, concert experiences, anything you like in. We're going to compile it all together. Uh, do yourself a favour. Uh, January 2nd, we do have our draw out of a hat for uh, yeah. two types of fan, fan packs. 
mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be uh, drawn out. And B loves a good draw out of a hat. And for platinum members, you get more tickets. For gold members, you get less tickets. You will be involved with uh, potentially winning two fan kits via Mary Woods. Is that right? That's right. Um, so we've got the complete collection for our top prize. Second prize is the fan kit. Yep. And then the third prize is a selection of picks from Kirk and a few stickers in there as well. And then we've got a couple of other prizes. So um, you can become a patron for free for a whole year and you can have gold status and bronze status. That's what. So how many prizes are there? Five. I, oh, there's five. Okay, so I, I said might six, so. even put some more in. So okay. You have to listen in. And so we want we want to have out. Christmas in the new year. Come back in a little after after Christmas present from us. Mm. All right, now B, we're going to probably have the greatest uh, tribute song today. Hang now, on, hang on. I want to say I want to talk about my mates before we what go. Mates? What, what mates? do you mean, what mates? <laughs> no, no, no. Which mates? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. 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 I would like to say this is our our engagement part of it. Big shout out to all the people that I met at the concert. Mm. You haven't even took the piss out of me yet, so I've got away with that as well. All right. I want to say hello to the fully into it in excess boys. (laughs) They had the T-shirts. They knew every song. They were jumping about. They were awesome. So their names are Luke Russell Johnny, Brent, and Brian. Awesome mm. lads. So I've got a feeling you're listening to us. So that's really cool. So yeah. hi to them. I'd like to say again, hello to um, Jodie. She's awesome. And there was a few other people there that were going to come and listen to the show. But have to give a big shout out to Loretta, Kay, Cherie, and your other name, forget, I've forgotten it, but you were all dressed in Santa costumes and you were the most in excess Christmas s Santas at the show. You looked all lit up like little Santas. It was great having them around as well. So, hi. ended on Baby Don't Cry, which was um, a single, a vinyl single signed by Marco Pitt and Andrew Farris. We have a lovely little um, personal message to Peter Law. Congratulations, Peter. You bid $875 to the podcast. And thank you so much. That makes such a difference because Hayden and I don't pay ourselves on this. We do this for nothing for you guys. It really helps if you can actually yeah, help us out become a patron or help to buy one of these auction items because we are doing it for the love of it but some days it's like the, when we know that we're going to get some money in and we can carry on and get the production done it really does help so if you want us to continue for years to come get onto the auctions and i think it's interesting b just when i was going back listening to some of the episodes where we got our sort of spotify playlist our level of equipment at the time our level <laughs> of production ability and the sound was pretty mm. shite yeah so probably like a band in the early days our recording ability was pretty shite and we're not saying we're the dulcet kings of the world now a lot of the monies and the fees that have come in and you know subscriptions per month and podcast subscriptions and auctions has allowed us just to reinvest you know in the right equipment to make it sound better and, and get out to more areas and advertise the podcast too so yes kudos to that and i would love also to give a big shout out to danielle and joel uh, who have given us a, a lovely big christmas present and we've um, we'd love to just give them a big shout out too so thank you very much thank you pensacola hello this is andrew farris and this is michael hutchins and have a great weekend i mean really enjoy yourself out there yeah. but please don't drink and drive now, B, this is probably the most important and infamous closeout tribute song that I've done since we started. Occasionally in life, you get footage of people who uh, can sometimes, you know, have uh, an ability to get a bit ahead of themselves. They they uh, walk between the raindrops. They have an ability to stand out from the crowd. And, you know, sometimes it's maybe the way they, they walk or the strut or the way they carry themselves. But it came across my video desk last week that there was a certain individual that's quite close to this podcast that was seen at a particular concert wearing their sunglasses at night. Now... I can only say there's some real me time, some real hang time there where 
you know, there's a certain person inside a certain concert where everyone else is jumping around, dancing around, and there was a certain lady with blonde hair with a giggle from the Birmingham area who was wearing Ray-Bans inside, <laughs> Billy Joel style. Now, is that true? Because I reckon this has gone viral around the world and it's hit my desk. Now, you know, I know I know we like to uh, be humble here, but I reckon you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself with the old sunglasses at night. And as such, you don't have to say a word. But we're going to go out today with a non-NXS song. We're going to go out with a track that particularly typifies this action, this little strut, and it's a 1984 hit by a, a middle-of-the-road American guy called Corey Hart with the apt lyric called, I wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> for that, it's a goodbye from me. And very sunny, happy and Merry Christmas from B. description for the Spotify list of all the songs that we have played today. Enjoy!